Hey everyone, it's Eric Oldman, and tonight we have a special guest on, uh, somebody who's a little bit of a different uh, lens than uh, what we've been featuring the last few episodes. This is also the last episode of the year with a guest. Um, I'm going to be going on hiatus uh, in a bit so uh, I can focus on my own musical endeavors, but uh, wanted to kind of close out uh, this sort of uh, podcast season, if you will, with... Uh, kind of somebody who's really uh, um, heavily involved with our music community here in Chicago and arts overall, uh, and he's been for a very long time. The gentleman's name is Trey Elder. He's worn many hats since arriving in Chicago, uh, ranging from being a sound engineer at the old Double Door. He was head sales and consulting at Intelligentsia. If you're a coffee finick, um, that's kind of one of the first brands that really kind of came out um last couple of decades uh to really put chicago on the map as a, a coffee place uh he's also an american whiskey connoisseur and educator man of my own heart i guess i am also a fan of that he's also was the operations manager of jerry's restaurants um what some of you know up here on the north side um, while he was at jerry's he put on live music shows seven nights a week for several years and he's also involved with the um sort of the beverage scene uh working in that with um putting on events crossing into music and also a heavy um hand in experience with doing all kinds of pr and marketing stuff um this brings us now to 2016 uh trey and dave modico founded royal hands which is a creative agency uh, which focused on bringing up uh, the underground um, scene, uh, working with locals and international brands alike. Uh, Royal Hands created uh, curating live music, DJ events, private dinners, and a retreat, and sort of experiences, record release shows, uh, while working on all kinds of various uh, marketing channel-related stuff with um, radio broadcasting and producing events around Chicago, the U.S., and over in Europe. Um and then we finally get into his latest enterprise, which launched in 2019, and we're going to spend most of the episode discussing is Quiet Paradactyl, um, which is something that's kind of blown my mind is just finding out about it on social media. And it's one of those things where it's a bit of a rabbit hole. You see the things that he's putting out and producing under Quiet Pterodactyl. It's a tongue twister. Um, it's a nonprofit organization they create experiences enjoyment and education and entry into the arts in music so um that's pretty heavy right there that's some really cool stuff uh, i also want to uh note that trey is also a musician that's what brought him here to chicago we'll talk about that uh he's written music and played on saying on various original projects um, and also has worked as a, a promoter uh, booking on local and national touring acts all over Chicago. So that's enough uh, kind of a background. There, there's a lot uh, going on in Trey's world. Uh, let, let's um, shift into our show. Uh, and one other thing I wanted to note, too. So the music you're going to hear tonight is handpicked by Trey. Um, again, with him being kind of a very avid supporter of our music scene here in Chicago, he handpicked three bands we're going to hear tonight. That first track was uh, from the band Mirrors, and that's Sinistry. Um, I'm going to put together uh, a quick Google Doc that everybody will be able to see 
um, to access links. He actually put together a full uh, sort of a proxy playlist of bands uh, to go to their Bandcamp links. So you can check out the bands he's really into. And we have a couple other uh, acts coming up later we're going to showcase some music from. But uh, let's get into our uh, chat with Trey. I, I know you, you came to Chicago initially uh, as, as a musician right back back in the day. Um, what, what was it that drew you to coming here? Yeah, I moved to Chicago uh, right after my college years um, from Missouri. Okay, um, and I, I had we've actually my my bandmate and I uh, visited Chicago and New York, and at the time we uh, we decided we'd rather be poor struggling musicians in Chicago than really 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 poor struggling musicians in New York. Um, but also there was a lot of things going on in the music scene in Chicago that I was drawn to. Uh, a lot of the thrill jockey stuff, you know, oh, like cool. tortoise yeah. and CNK stuff like that. Uh, the acid jazz scene here, the the heavier kind of you know like rock, like radio friendly rock, you know, like mm-hmm. this. Uh, so I moved here just after you know that the nineties turn, which you know, local age, Smashing mm-hmm. Pumpkins, Urge yeah. Overkill, you know, all, all yeah, that stuff. everything so, blew up, right? Yeah, yeah. So I already had a love for kind of what was happening musically in this city to begin with and felt like I would fit in, fit into it pretty well. And then just kind of winding through that. So you, you had your experience as a musician. How did you get kind of further into your involvement with the various aspects of the, the music scene here? I know you, you have quite a bit going on mentioned about working at the Double Door, et cetera. Just kind of curious with that. Yeah, I, I stumbled. I fortunately stumbled into a job running sound at Double Door, um, just kind of through friends and and their need at the time. Uh, so that definitely helped me make a lot of connections uh, with musicians and the music industry in Chicago, which was an awesome experience. I I love my time at the Double Door. Yeah. Um, and I was I was only there, I guess, like two and a half, three years. Uh, then I I moved on and worked for Intelligentsia Coffee for a number of years. Um, but always would would play music off and on. Definitely would see tons of shows. You know, uh, even when I would travel, I, you know, who's who's playing? Oh, I'm going to San Francisco next week. Who's playing while I'm there? You know, like I, I'm kind of a music obsessed person. Uh, but definitely, uh, definitely with a focus on on what's happening locally because uh, I think there's so much good music everywhere, but especially in Chicago.
So the name of that track was Moritat. That's called Weapons. Uh, you can check that out at moritat.bandcamp.com. And again, uh, we're going to have a uh, sort of a, a list up uh, on my link tree for Rockin' Chicago at rockinchicago.org uh, that you'll be able to access to check out all these bands and uh, go listen to more material from them. Let's get back to our chat with Trey. So Trey, um, tell me more about uh, Royal Hands. How, how did you get that together? Uh, my my friend Dave Mata and I uh, created like an experiential marketing company, I guess. But uh, but we always had creative like music and arts were always a focus of everything that we brought to the table, whether we're doing our own events or working with brands. Um, okay, having having a strong music element at all of our events was very important. And I and over the years, I again I continued to play in bands off and on, uh, and you know got to know a lot of a lot of the uh the industry folks you know like venue owners and and uh whatnot um and then for a while well for a few years i ran jerry sandwiches and at our wicker park location we had music Mm -hmm. seven nights a week so i was uh on top of running a restaurant as the gm and the bar program i also was booking booking music seven days a week down there Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty eclectic mix you know from rock to jazz to hip-hop house music comedy shows you know a little bit of everything over there um so that was a fun experience too cool so between just this your experience in the music scene here and there's just a lot of different facets with with all that from like booking talent buyer and then working in, in the hospitality side of it too that really kind of teed up to kind of putting together quiet pterodactyl um with yeah, that. at some point I realized I wasn't getting any younger, <laughs> and uh, as much as yeah. I and I'm still friends with the Cherries family, I love those guys. But yeah, I had been there uh, maybe 12 years, and I felt like it was time for me to uh, to do what I was really passionate about. So I came up with the idea for Quiet Pterodactyl, so I could really focus on on supporting yeah music and arts programming in Chicago as much as I could. Okay, cool, and then. <clears throat> With that, I know you're still putting on events. You're involved with just kind of facilitating, helping artists and all that too. Um, where where did uh, the whole situation Chicago thing come from? I know it was part of a of, of answering something with the pandemic and all that, but just kind of curious the relationship of those two um, entities, I guess. Yeah. So when we when we started Quiet Pterodactyl, there's a lot of different you know, aspects of it, including like education and, and other sure. things. But it, initially it was very events focused. Uh, pandemic hit. Obviously, there were there were no events happening at that time. Um, right. So it, we had just started Quiet Turn Actual not long before. So, it, we you know, we didn't have much overhead at first. It was like, well, maybe we just wait and see what happens. And then when it became obvious that it was going to be a longer term, you know, yeah, uh, shock, shocking uh, thing. Um, yeah, we can, we came up with the idea of the of situation Chicago, which was to get a bunch of uh, a bunch of amazing Chicago musicians to let us use music. And at the time, I mean, all the venues were closed. Right. Whereas, right. For, you know, we thought half of them were going to close forever. Um, yeah. So it was like, what what can we do to help support the venues? Uh, I know. A lot of the musicians were also not able to work during the time, but a lot of them were gracious enough to give us music uh, right. because, you know, without without the venues, the musicians have nowhere to play. It's a exactly you know, those things go hand in hand. So, yeah, that project came together uh, and smash. We 
pressed to hear a smash plastic they yeah you know now like it could take six months to a year to get vinyl pressed but because they were they were working with them so closely like from the from the first moment of idea to a vinyl in hand i think it was like three and a half months like it was fucking amazing like how how quickly they pushed it through because you know i was like if it takes a year to put out this record who are we really going to help you know so um yeah it really came together luckily we were able to sell some records give some money back to some of these venues uh and chicago is fortunate that most of our venues did survive the pandemic where which is not true in other cities at all right 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 and then you actually ended up doing two volumes of that too um so the first one you did was more for the benefit of supporting the venues and the second one you you did was it this more for the artists um the second one was actually so it was about a year later yeah. Uh, it didn't make sense to replicate the exact same project because venues were at least starting, starting to open. open. Right. Uh, but Civil, which is Chicago Independent Venue League, had put together an emergency relief fund for musicians that were that were anyone in the industry, whether musicians, people that work at theaters, uh, anyone in the in the entertainment industry in Chicago, um, to help them pay their bills. You know, if they were struggling. So, right. so all the proceeds from the second one went went to that. Uh, that I guess grant, you know, it's kind of micro grant thing to help help people in the industry survive. Yeah. What are what are the the types of like education focused things that you're involved with with that? Just my curiosity. Um, with that has still yet to be uh, determined. Okay. Uh, be, again, because of the pandemic, a lot of things with education, whether right. it be with public schools or private entities, have you know, it's only been the last few months that people are really off of zoom for education and uh right okay you know part part of the idea we're not trying to reinvent the wheel but i think working with other nonprofits that are music uh educationally based we have some things that are kind of in the works um but either helping them with their fundraisers or actually because i know so many accomplished musicians you know bringing okay bringing our own funding and our own people to like do master classes or you know okay. bring, bring things into areas that might not have some of these opportunities or have very limited budgets themselves sure. uh hopefully we can we can bring a, a booster to the table to uh to help uh expound on on some things that, that other people are already doing okay cool cool and and so this is kind of leading up now so you've been doing this for three years you're coming up on your third anniversary yeah um, we we had our launch party three years ago at the constellation on western um okay that was an amazing night i couldn't have asked for we had two trios that played uh including dan bitney from tortoise nice dope 217 leroy bach who used to play with wilco okay uh, jeremy cunningham macy stewart from ohm like it was it was a phenomenal night it was like five degrees outside it was freezing uh but that was a fun night so yeah now we're we somehow managed to you know this new fledgling nonprofit managed to make it through yeah through through the pandemic and i think did some pretty cool things now we're finally able to do events again so yeah yeah thursday november 17th we're doing our three-year anniversary party at the hotel zachary it's actually across the street from wrigley field okay um they have a beautiful space it's like a large restaurant bar Uh, there's a private room where we're gonna have five or six artists uh you know like painters and and graphic artists uh with some pop-up like a pop-up art gallery and we're gonna have djs and uh isaiah collier uh He's actually about to tour Europe and he's going to get back just in time to uh, for his trio to play to play at our, at our party as well. Nice. 
Um, so yeah, ho hopefully I'll get that info out in the next couple of days, but we're really excited to, yep. to work with them. It's a beautiful space and, and it's free to attend. It's also all ages. So if anyone's listening that wants to come, please, yep. November, November 17th, uh, six to 10 PM at Hotel Zachary. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, come on out. It's just going to be a fun event. Uh, we're not, a lot of times we do like, you know, silent auction or, you know, different things to, uh, but I'm not treating this as a fundraiser. It's more just like a, a celebration um, and we hope everyone who support us thus far will come out have a drink you know see some cool art listen to some good music very cool all right um so you have one point on here that i'm kind of fascinated about i've just learned about the whole order of kentucky colonels so yeah <laughs> how, how, how do you become a kentucky colonel um uh, just just i'm just curious like i'm my, my yeah. only contact obviously is kfc you know yeah, Colonel sanders right who yeah. is part of that who is part of that order he's uh, like the og guy right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i was very involved in in whiskey in the spirits world but also okay specifically so whiskey. bourbon right yeah. yeah i was teaching okay. like history of american whiskey classes kind of on the side oh um, wow okay yeah i just threw myself into that world started visiting a lot of distilleries and the the way to become uh, Kentucky Colonel is you have to have someone who is already a Kentucky Colonel recommend you. Yeah. Um, and it goes through, you know, the vetting process through the Secretary of State in Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> cool. Basically, and yeah, you have to uh, you have to be someone. It's not just about whiskey, but someone who uh, supports, you right. know, some of some of their programming and uh, the cultural you know, thing too, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was funny when that happened. I was super proud of when it happened, and yeah. a, lot of my, a lot of my industry friends thought it was great. A yeah. couple of my friends, family members, they were like, "Are you going to start dressing like Colonel Sanders?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, I wear, I wear too I wear too much black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think a white suit would ever work." <laughs> Colonel Trey Elder, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, I I am a fan of whiskey. Um, my family is like an Irish background, so growing up with it and it's always been like the drink you know yeah. um, how did you fall into becoming the whisk a whiskey connoisseur i'm just kind of curious i'm not a beer guy i'm a whiskey guy so I, it's cool to like meet somebody who like has this like background and it's probably you're schooling people on it so just curious about yeah that. well i i yeah. like a lot of food and beverages um yeah yep. you know develop my palate over the years but yeah. a lot of the beers that i really like to drink are big heavy Okay. Like barrel aged stuff or like okay. big heavy IP. Yeah, right. yeah, things that like you have one or two beers and you're full. And, you know, as someone who is out and about at shows and, you know, I, I was always drawn to whiskey because it's something, one, I just love the taste of whiskey, but uh, two, it's something I can sip on and it doesn't fill me up the same way. You know, I've, I've never liked the lighter, you know, beers like the, you know the the lower lower shelf stuff that people tend to pound at a show. Uh, there's nothing wrong with those beers, but they're, that's not my preferred taste. So I was even even early on in my early drinking days, I was always uh, always drawn to drinking whiskey because it was something that tasted good, and also I could I could sip on it the whole evening and not yeah not not get so tired. I want to go home in the middle of the show. <laughs> right. No, I hear that. Yeah, and that's a very similar uh, aspect for me as well with that it's uh yeah you can you can nurse it and, and enjoy it over the evening yeah or um, shoot it you know do it however or, you like <laughs> ex exactly exactly very cool um and uh all right so yeah i i, I think we're pretty good because i i have the um yeah. as somebody who stumbled across you on an instagram post with i think it was the situation chicago stuff and then uh just anecdotally 
um, your online store you have um, with Threadless, um, you had uh, all these shirts from old venues. So yeah, that was a project that we did. Yeah. There early pandemic as well i was it was really cool because thanks yeah, right, my, yeah. Well, i was yeah. like i want to support these venues and i was like well what if we got you know artists to do certain things and then i was like yeah oh all the venues are also creative and they're all already fucking doing that yeah. <laughs> you know like right all, right like, and double well not double dorks anywhere around but everyone yeah. was already doing cool you know hats just whatever they could to put out merch yeah. and i was like well what what could i do yeah that wouldn't directly compete with them yeah or you know, or steal their thunder, and I was like, well, you know, old, old there's venues, some really yeah. awesome venues that are closed, but everyone's still fucking, yeah. us, you know, like yeah. like Double Door and Rodan and Sonotech and Lion Jacks, yeah. you know, like absolutely, you go on and on, Abbey Pub, you know. So I was like, I know some of these guys. Maybe I reach out to them and just say, hey, can we do right one month run of Double Door merch? Can we do one, you know? And yeah, and it, I was like, I don't even know what the legal rights would be, would be, or if anyone's gonna think that's a good idea or a terrible idea. And every everyone I reach out to is like, dude, this is amazing. Yes, please, let's do it. You can, you know, all the proceeds can go back to the Situation Project. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Even now, like, I'll I'll wear a Double Door or a Rodan yeah. shirt out. People are like, yeah. how the fuck do you have a Rodan shirt? And I was like, yeah. Well, I did this project a couple of years ago. You right. Know? Yeah. I get questions about mine because that was the first one I saw. Was, I think it was the Rodan one. Yeah, and then you know I, I you know go out on like runs every every other day or so. That's one of the shirts I typically wear, and I, I get people who stop me like Rodan, like you went to the park. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, you've been there. I'm like, I, yeah, I played there a few times back in the day. I'm like, and I, I saw the shirt, and I'm like, I gotta have that because that you know one of the bands I was in, we actually did some some stuff there, and then you, you did a shirt for Lava Lounge, which I had my wedding reception there. Are you kidding? That's awesome. And then yeah, so my I got one for my my, my partner. And then uh, right when we got that, right after this thing started opening up, so the, the people who are, I think they're running, it's called Urban Wilderness in Wicker Park now. Yeah. Um, the people that used to run Lava Lounge were there. We walked in and my wife had the shirt on and they were like, no way. <laughs> so, yeah. So th those connections are awesome. And it, it's cool to like, just be able to see that. And like, there's a, there's some sort of reference to like, you know, some of the other other, yeah, like you were saying, the older school venues of the past that were, were part of our community back then. Yeah, Lava Lounge, I the OG Lava Lounge on yeah. Dune, I think was yes, one of the sir. first. It was yeah. like one of the first bars I went into when I moved here, period. Yeah. I, yeah. I used to live like a few blocks away from there. That was my bar, man, back in the nineties. Yup. So um, so yeah, that was just fantastic. That that and that was really my first connection with like what you were doing. And oh, then, very cool. Yeah, and then I saw that, and then like I think you were putting out the second iteration of maybe situation Chicago or, or you were bundling it or something. But yeah. then I, I, I grabbed onto that. So um, yeah, what you're doing, man, I, I, I just am enamored of like, it, it's really just it's lifting the whole scene up, not just like one particular side of it, not one particular area. And it was really cool to connect and actually just talk to you about some of this stuff too. Cause it's just like all, all the things that you have going on are really um, just kind of encapsulating Chicago historically, but also like kind of propelling it forward too with all the things you're doing through Quiet Paradactyl. So I, I yeah, thank you. Like, I mean, that, yeah. that, that was the intention, you yeah. know, and a lot of it is just like, you're like, right. how did you come up with that, that idea? And I'm like, well, yeah. I came up with a hundred other ideas that were terrible. And that was the one that right. really stuck out. to the wall. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just keep trying to be creative and see what you can do to, 
you know, to get some of these projects out there. And every every now and then you you find a few that, that are really cool and actually happen. Absolutely, man. So yeah. uh, you know, keep on doing the good work, man. And um, yeah, um, I, I'm gonna put the event on my calendar and see if I can make it out as well. It was great chatting with you tonight and good luck with everything with quiet pterodactyl and situation. And um, thanks, Eric. All right, you take care, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. All right, if you want to find out more about what Trey's been doing with Quiet Pterodactyl and Situation Chicago, uh, links will be up from uh, my link tree. Uh, you can hit that at rockinchicago.org. And um, they're all over the social media. So this week, uh, Thursday, uh, is this really badass three-year anniversary party Trey is throwing. It's at the Hotel Zachary, 3630 North Clark, right by Wrigley Field. Uh, live performance by Isaiah Collier, uh, 8 to 9 p.m. DJ set by uh, Sean Rios of Mirrors, uh, who we just heard earlier this evening. Uh, so it should be a really badass night of uh, just really cool music, uh, really cool jazz. Um, I am planning on going, so um, you know I'd love to see your uh, those of you who are listening uh, out. This is a, a, a great person doing great work for our, our community here in chicago for uh, music and arts so um we're gonna close things out to pick one more track uh we're gonna hear from uh neptune's core this is turning red uh thanks so much for listening once again and remember to be kind to each other cheers
I'm going through isn't healthy 